Once again, it's about to turn to Brad TJ. K. Y. Cat Stats. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the KY Cat Stats podcast. I'm joined today for this special occasion, our eight to nine series. This is the beginning of something that's going to be magical, guys. Magical? It's going to be a magical series of podcasts called the eight to nine series, detailing games that happened in the past that Kentucky fans remember and they love, games that shaped Kentucky basketball and Kentucky football into what they are today. Um, games of yesteryear that are awesome, and we'll talk about as many of them as we can. All right. Uh, probably, probably just happened after 1988, though. Just to be honest with you guys, because I wasn't around before that, and there's not really too many YouTube clips of games before that. So, but <laughs> Kenny was around before that. Kenny was Kenny was around. A lot was there of any good games that, between 81 and 88, Kenny? Moving on, um, that Kentucky were involved in really. No, really. There was it the, was like uh, they the, were on that band. There dude. was the Final Four. They went to the Final Four in '85 uh, with Georgetown, and or maybe it was '84. And Georgetown, the good games would have been before that. It would have been like '75 to '79. And Georgetown held yeah. Kentucky to like their worst shooting night ever. I remember Kentucky and, shot like and three and for thirty three because they had one half. Yeah, Patrick Ewing was on the team, but anyway. Uh, today we're coming with, to you guys with an episode that you, the fans, voted on that you wanted to hear, and you wanted to hear us talk about the 2011 UK versus Ohio State game. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I want to introduce our panel of people who are here to talk about the game. To my right sits Jake Mounts, uh, college basketball historian extraordinaire. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't really remember who all the seeds were in this bracket, but that's okay. Uh, I mean, I he, know least, he at least remembers who won the championship. I mean, we were all there for that. Yucking. That's um, right. Over, over in front of Jake, we have uh, the co-founder of KYCast, that's Tyler Mounts. I'm when, here. When we, when we first started talking about doing this series, this was the game that he pinpointed. I love this game. He wanted to talk about. And then to his right... Is Ken Meadows, who's old enough to remember everything about college basketball, <laughs> for the most part. Back in my day, we played with sticks. <laughs> you played basketball with sticks? You had brown sticks. That's right. That's Did you have stick hoops? You just beat people with sticks? They made out of that wicker furniture thing. <laughs> 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 the wicker furniture ball. <laughs> anyway, um, we had so, hoops. Uh, Today we're talking about the 2011 Sweet 16 matchup between Kentucky and Ohio State, um, <laughs> which to me was one of the best games in the history of, of Coach Cal. Um, and uh, it was it's kind of the game that cemented Brandon Knight's legacy as a UK as a Kentucky Wildcat. You know what um, it cemented to me was that Coach Cal could get to a Final Four with young guys. Yeah, and with. You know, talent that everybody thought was inferior, really. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, but we'll talk about that as we go. First thing that I want to do when we talk about this game is we have to set up the games. And we have to talk about how we got to this point. So, 
We'll talk about Kentucky first, and you guys probably won't have too much input about Ohio State, but we'll just kind of we'll just kind of brisk through them. We know a little bit about them. Um, they were the number one overall seed that year, so I mean they were on TV plenty. I'll run through it if you want me to. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about Kentucky first. Uh, coming into the season, Kentucky started the season playing in, in uh, Canada. I don't know if you guys remember, but Kentucky gets a trip every four years outside of the country. They can take one during the summer. So Kentucky went to Canada. They played three games against – I don't even remember what the team was. Um, But we beat them to death every time we played them. Anyway, coming into the season, there was a lot of hype about Kentucky because they had got Enos Cantor. I don't know if you guys remember, but Enos Cantor was on the squad. And people thought that whenever he was declared eligible, Kentucky would be a top-five team. Because he was that good. People were like, this is guy is going to be the number one pick in the, in the NBA draft whenever that comes around. Um, people were really excited about Brandon Knight and Terrence Jones. But most of the excitement was around Enos Cantor, the Turkey the player from Turkey who was supposed Turkish. to be all-world. Um, but, of course, at, you know, at this point in the season, it's already been found out that he's not going to play. Uh, you've just got the team that you've got. Um, and this team actually did pretty well uh, in the non-conference. They... You know, they made it to the Maui Championship game, which they lost to UConn um, in yeah, a pretty yeah. ugly affair. Uh, but they, they beat the brakes off Louisville at Louisville uh, behind a huge night from Josh Harrelson. They, they lost um, a tight one at North Carolina. They lost a tight one in North Carolina early mm-hmm. in the season, but you know people didn't really think too much about that. Terrence Jones actually after that game said that was the last time that he was going to nap before a game. I don't even know if anybody else remembers that, but he actually took a nap before the game. Sounds like something. For a noon tip-off game, he took a nap. <laughs> I don't know how you got time to was, squeeze it a nap. I thought he ate or something before No, he too. said that he took a nap. He said it was the last time that he would ever take a nap again because he was terrible in that game. I mean, just brutal. Yeah. And he had really been a beast up to that point. I mean, he was, you know, people were really pleasantly surprised by his play until that game. Anyway, Kentucky gets into the SEC play uh, and really struggled, you know, on the road. They really struggled at a lot of road games, especially close games. Uh, up to this point in the season, um, or up until the NCAA tournament, Kentucky had, if, if a game was close, they were going to lose. They just found ways to lose games, especially on the road. At home, they were perfect. They, did, they, they didn't even play close games at home, no matter who the opponent was. Mm-hmm. But um, you got into the NCAA tournament. Kentucky had just ran through the SEC tournament, uh, just killed everybody they played. Um, really one of the best. I mean, it was like all of a sudden they just put everything together and they were just beasting on the floor for those three games. I don't know if you guys remember the SEC tournament. Darius Miller was the SEC tournament MVP. Yeah. Um, he he scored had a little like, beast mode going yeah, on. It was the best that I ever seen him look. Um, and really, we went into the SEC, we went into the NCAA tournament, and I would dare say that we had a sense of optimism. About you know possibly winning a national championship, we thought you know maybe a two seed or at least a three seed. I mean, I know, most people would have said, "Hey, three seed at the lowest." At what this? I think, team yeah, done. I think I think after, after we won the tournament championship, that's when we actually learned that there wasn't much put into the last day of seeding for um, teams um, winning a championship or anything like that on the last day. People, they pretty much um, the NCAA committee actually pretty much had all of that lined out. On um, yeah. Friday and Saturday. But I mean, like, just to be honest with you guys, I mean, I thought we would be a two seed. I mean, we beat Florida yeah. twice. Uh, we had wins against Washington in the non-conference, Notre Dame, Louisville. Um, we had a close game in North Carolina, who was eventually the two seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I think they had won the ACC or something like that. Maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong. Duke won it that year. Was it 2011? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Okay, Duke so won Duke won. That was with Ky- well, Kyrie Irving was out, but. Um, yeah, he actually Kyrie Irving came back. Yeah, Duke tournament. was the one seed, weren't they? Duke was the one seed because they got beat by Arizona in Sweet yeah. Sixteen. Yeah, 
Um, so Kentucky comes into the tournament. Um, you know, we all knew they were going to make the tournament. Obviously, they won the SEC tournament, but um, we were really shocked when we got a four seed. It was like it was a disappointment. I mean, there was like people were like gnashing their teeth because not only did we get a four seed, we got a four seed in the toughest bracket that year. Ohio State was the number one overall seed, and we were in their bracket. North Carolina was the number one overall, uh, number two seed. We were in their bracket. Uh, Syracuse had been really good that year. This was right before they made the run that they did last year um, to be a number one seed. Um, They were really good. So people were like, and then we had to get matched up with West Virginia, who had beaten us the year before Mm -hmm. uh, in the Elite Eight. So people were like, what is going on? Why did we get put in this situation? We we play so well down the stretch. Why are we in this bracket? And I remember they interviewed Gene Smith, who was the who was the athletic director at Ohio State at the time, and he said that the reason they seeded teams the way they did was so that they would have an opportunity to play games closer to home. That was the whole reasoning behind the reason why Kentucky got actually dropped down a seed line so that they didn't have to go further away from home. And they got to play, I think they played in Dayton or somewhere like that. Oh, this game, um, <clears throat> the Ohio State game ended up being, well. well it, was in, it was in East Rutherford. Okay, that's right. No, it was in New York, or New Jersey. Yeah, it was in New Jersey. It was in East Rutherford. Uh, but I don't remember where, I can probably look it up real quick. I just said it was in Newark. Is Newark the same as East Rutherford? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, Kentucky close. played in Tampa. That's where we started. <laughs> that's not off. close so to home. We got to stay closer to home by going to Tampa, Florida, which is ridiculous. <laughs> To be honest with you guys, well, it's, it's Ohio the State East Regional logic was play right there, though. Right? I mean, it was played in, where it's played where the Nets play, where the Nets did play. I think, hmm. pretty okay. sure. Um, regardless, um, you know, looking at the bracket, the sixth seed was Xavier Marquette, or was it eleven seed? Uh, Georgia had that was actually in the tournament. They were a ten seed, and Washington, who we'd played earlier in the year, was a seven. Um, so really, the bracket was was a tough one. I mean, even even if we Princeton was a tough team to play. I mean, yeah. I think we all remember the matchup with Princeton came all the way down to Brandon Knight had hit a game winning shot, mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of like a fore, foretelling of things to come. We didn't even think about it at the time. We just thought, why are we struggling with Princeton? Um, Dude, Princeton solid. They were they, they were, were solid. Really they were very they solid. Were, they were, they yeah. were a team that didn't beat themselves, and and Kentucky kind of struggled out of the gates. There's I'm always those tell, nerves. I'm gonna tell you, man. I've learned from that game and a couple other games of these Ivy League schools. Don't don't ever count them out in any type of situation. You know, Kentucky draw drew a bad bracket and a bad seed, and then on the other hand, you had everybody just like in 2012 when Kentucky was the number one overall seed. Ohio State was the number one overall seed. And people were going, Ohio State this and Ohio State that. Ohio State's got this wrapped up in the bag. You know, this is going to be an easy bracket for them. Or not necessarily an easy bracket for them, but, you know, they're going to they're gonna handle business. Well, nobody thought it would be an easy bracket for Ohio State. I talked to one of my but friends. That, but everybody had it sold that Ohio um, State was going to handle business yeah, for the they Final Four. That they, would, they thought once they got past the region regional final, they'd cruise. Yeah. Um, but I talked to one of my friends who was an Ohio State fan, Nate Smith. I know you know Nate Smith is, and he was really upset with yeah. the way the bracket came out because, I mean, you, most people thought North Carolina could have been a one seed; they're a two seed. Most people thought Kentucky should have been a two seed; they're a four. You know, you got to play them in the Sweet Sixteen if they get there. Is that the year that Florida got a two seed too? Yes, Florida got a two seed, and they even though we beat them twice. Right, that's what I thought. Uh, they got a two seed in Pittsburgh's bracket. Uh, who Pittsburgh lost in the second round that year to Butler. <laughs> So, I mean, we could have been in that bracket having Florida's path to the tournament, which was uh, 
if I remember correctly, I think they went Michigan State, BYU, um, Wisconsin, I want to say. No. The Badgers. Probably Wisconsin, yeah. Actually looking at this bracket. The Bears. And then, and then Butler in the Elite Eight game. That's all they had to do to get to the Final Four. And then they had VCU to get to the championship game. But uh, they that, that could have been our route. They would have flip-flopped mm. us in, in Florida. <laughs> they didn't even do that. They didn't even do that. No, because their first game was was also in Tampa, Florida. But somehow, you know, they wanted to keep us close to home. Which Thanks for that, Eugene. Appreciate yeah. it. And you know where their regional final was? New Orleans. Is that really that much further away than Newark, New, what is that, Newark, New Jersey? What is that? Like, you're talking about Florida? Yeah. What is that, four hours away from Gainesville? Maybe. But, I mean, like, they, the, the whole point was that they didn't want to put us in that bracket because they wanted us to be closer to home. And by putting us closer to home, they put us in Tampa, which is where Florida played anyway. And Newark. And then Newark. New York. I mean, he had to write half of the United States. I guess. Uh, I, I mean, at least was, we didn't play on the California, I guess. Regardless, um, Kentucky, you know, they beat Princeton, game-winning shot by Brandon Knight to advance. Uh, next round, they get West Virginia, and the game actually trailed at a half. Um, I was actually pretty nervous about that game. Yeah, um, I wasn't nervous because I felt games. like there was a few guys that were like, I felt like we weren't revenge. playing really well in the first half, and I thought that we would we would catch fire in the second half, and I think Brandon Knight and Deron Lamb really come out and played really well in the second half. Uh, but anyway, that brought us to the Sweet 16, which is where, coming into the tournament, that's where everybody really thought we would end the season. We thought, you know, hopefully we'll go in, play Ohio State as tough as we can, uh, just leave it all, all out on the line, then who knows. But probably, that was probably going to be the end. I mean, I actually right. filled out a bracket. Usually, if I fill out two brackets and Kentucky's in the tournament, they win it all both times. I filled out two brackets, one where Kentucky won it, and another where Ohio State actually won it, because I actually predicted them that they would beat us. Mm-hmm. Um because I thought they were the best team, just to be honest with you. I, I watched them several times that year, and I thought they were the best team. I thought Jared Sollinger was the best post player, um, and they I thought they just had a complete team. Aaron Kraft defensively, John Diebler shooting the ball, William Buford, David Lighty. They had a really talented squad. I, 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 will, say that, I will say Irving this. Was healthy, Duke was better. Maybe. Well, this was because Kyrie Irving was that good. <laughs> and like, look, in, in retrospect, Kyrie Irving was a boss. Yeah, and he was really. But good. in return, he destroyed that team because he came back in the middle of the, the middle of the tournament. Yeah, and probably shouldn't have. Probably they shot. They, I mean, they got a one seed with that. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Who was on that team? Nolan Smith, Kyle Singler, Kyle Singler, um, Shire. No, there's no one Smith, Kyle Singler, the year after Miles Plumley. Miles is a sophomore. Um, Mason was a no. Was Miles a, was Mason, a ju- Mason Miles was a junior. Ma- Mason was a solid. Andre Dawkins. Mason was on the team. Ooh, Dawkins. They were solid. Yeah, they were really they were a good squad. I will say this about Ohio State. You know, I thought they were the number one team, but I didn't think they were the end all be all. But a lot of people had them that being the end all be all. Here team. are the uh, here are the other one seeds. Kansas was a one seed. <laughs> Is that the year they lost to Northern Iowa? No, that no. was the year before that. This was the year they lost to VCE. Oh yeah, that's right. VCU's um, run to the final four. But Kansas was thirty-two yes, and two coming into the tournament. They huh? only lost. Thir- Kansas was thirty-two and two coming into the tournament. They only lost two all year. They like to uh, choke in the tournament. The other one seed was Pittsburgh, uh, who was horribly overrated. And um, Pittsburgh been overrated ever since. It's kind of like Gonzaga being in the one seed. This they've year. really, they've really not Ooh, been the same. Comparison. They deserve it, but no, no, they don't deserve it. They've really not been the same since then. 
No. They've really been pretty brutal since then. Didn't they, like, lay an egg back-to-back years, that those two years? The year Pittsburgh, before that, too? yeah. No, 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 Pittsburgh. No, I think the year before, they went to at least the Elite Eight. I feel like they went almost to the Final Four. I, thought, I, I think they lost to they Villanova. So, we're setting up. We're ready. Yeah, so we go into the game. Ohio State comes into the game. Obviously, they've trounced everyone, most of the teams they've played. Only lost two games the entire year. Uh, they have the best freshman at that point, Jared Sollinger. Uh, they've got Aaron Kraft, who people best are lauding for you know his defensive ability. Uh, they've got seniors like William Buford and David Lottie, who were on a Final Four team or team before with uh, Evan Turner. Did they go to the, they go to the Final Four? No. It seems like they did. It seems, like they they played, it seems like they played in a national championship game. No, they didn't play a national championship no. game. Are you sure they um, didn't play Carolina in the Pablo game in 09? Yeah. No, that was Michigan State, I think. I thought they played Michigan State in the Final Four. They might have played Michigan State in the Final Four. Didn't Duke? Wait, who won in 09? Carolina. North Carolina. No, so Carolina played uh, Michigan State, I think. In the championship yeah, game. Yeah, they beat the crap out of Michigan State. Yeah, yeah it wasn't close. Uh, but anyway, so Ohio State comes in. They've got all these these veteran players. Um, they're basically looking like gangbusters. Like you know, we're looking at it like we were. We had a sense of like, well, we're going to lose anyway. Let's just lay it all on the line. Yeah. You know, Hopefully, keep it under ten points. That was kind of the way that we kind of looked at it because just looking at the matchups, we didn't really match up too well with them. Um, Jared Solinger was thought to be so much better than Josh Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brandon Knight was a good point guard, obviously a very good point guard, but Aaron Kraft was so good defensively that it really caused a problem. And then their wing players, they had so many athletic wing players like David Lottie and William Buford that it just kind of, we didn't really feel like we had too much of a chance. And everybody there. thought with the three, the three, um, upperclassmen guards for Ohio State, they just shoot the lights out too. Yeah. So, uh, the game starts there. And uh, I'm pulling up some information here about the game. It's, it was a good uh, game. It was I, a good game. <laughs> there we go. Hey, that's the end of the series, guys. It was a good game. Uh, Kentucky good game, guys. I mean, I watched the highlights today. And, um, you know, at the very start of the game, they went straight to Harrelson. And Harrelson Let's, finished. Hold up, before we get, where was everybody at when they watched the game? Was everybody, was everybody remember? It feels like, we were all at my house. Okay, yes. you guys were at your house. I was in Tennessee. Um, this game was on a Friday night, I remember. It was a Friday night. Um, I actually nights. got down to Tennessee on Thursday night uh, just in time to watch uh, some Duke, Arizona uh, to get me really primed for the uh, the weekend. Uh, I don't want to be a part of this podcast anymore. <laughs> we love you, Jake. But uh, so then Stupid the games, the games come on. We're watching it. There's a big screen there in the cabin, and uh, I'm just sitting there with Adam. We're just sitting chill out watching the game. Uh, I feel like it was the late game. Was it the late game that day? No, yeah, it was. Yeah, yes, it was. The Ohio State. Was it? Yes, it did finish at eleven thirty or twelve was o'clock. Was it after really? North Carolina and Marquette? I feel like yes. we watched that game beforehand. Yes, oh. it was really um, late because I remember being late because I just remember. I have reasons to remember. You remember that night? I think I need to know what these reasons are. Just go on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> So, uh, we got the late game. The the uh, Marquette North Carolina game happens first, so everybody gets to watch that. I feel like I was watching a different game that night. Maybe I was watching VCU and somebody, but apparently because it was on CBS. But anyway, so we're watching the game, and uh, the game starts, obviously, tips off. And, and the first thing that I noted about the game, I went back and, and looked at some of the – nobody ever had more than a seven-point lead at any point in the game. 
It was close the entire Ohio time. Ohio State jumped out early to a 16-9 and lead, and that was the biggest lead of the entire game. After that, Kentucky come back, and the whole first half was back and forth. It was close. It was all like within five, seven points. But it was kind of a weird game in the fact that Kentucky was led in scoring by Josh Harrelson and DeAndre Liggins. Like, guys who hadn't really showed up. I mean, they they played well in, at various points of the season, but mostly the team had been carried up to this point by Brandon Knight. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I Brandon Knight and Terrence Jones were the guys who... And even and even really that, Deron Lamb becoming... And Terrence person. Jones, this was actually during, kind of in the middle of Terrence Jones's draft stock slipping. Because the whole talk coming in was Terrence Jones versus... Jared Sollinger. Mm-hmm. Like, is this the time where Terrence well, Jones can before, maybe establish Well, even go himself? back to before the tournament, people are like, if Terrence Jones has a good tournament, you know, Kentucky has a chance to go far or something like yeah. that. And Terrence really struggled for most of the NCAA tournament. I mean, he wasn't really particularly good in any game. Uh, he was he was okay against North Carolina, but Ohio State, he, was really, he really struggled. Um, so, it, it kind of come – there was a lot of passing to Josh Harrelson. He really, like, I don't know if you guys remember the floating bank shot that he had. I do. I they, yeah. I remember looking at him and I was like, what did he just do? Well, it, was, it, was the, it was the play that Coach Kyle doesn't like to do before this year. He didn't like to do it, which was the pick and roll. Um, or the, no, the dribble handoff, I'm sorry, with Josh Harrelson. And he would normally just hand it back off. And this time he just took it to the hole. And in some situations in the previous in the year, he had had chances for open dunks because people thought he was going to hand it off and he just had open lane. Well, this time, Jared, uh, Jared Soldier actually played it and actually defended it. And he had this high banking shot, like like a guard would. It really off looked the funny shot. because yeah. here's this 6'10, 270 guy coming White through guy. the paint, <laughs> gliding through the air like a ballerina. <laughs> And kissing it off the glass, it was it was really surreal. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, you had DeAndre Liggins taking people off the dribble and hitting pull up jump shots. I mean, yeah, yeah. DeAndre Liggins. Yeah, it was actually uh, there was actually a point. Well, at the very beginning of the game, Josh Harrelson actually scored two points to make it four to two because the Ohio State was up four nothing. Huh? So was it six two? No, it was four to two. Oh. But he he scored and he does this like little pump fake. He's like. He like pump fakes and thinks somebody's gonna pump it. He's like he did like does it a couple of times. He doesn't like get off the floor or anything, and then he makes an easy layup. And then um, DeAndre Liggins, he did that a couple of times. Uh, Harrelson did, and then later, like when you said um, Liggins, um, Clark uh, Clark Kellogg actually goes. He has an open lane. He he has a move. He has an open lane. He's gonna take it um, to the hole. This is a great chance for Liggins to uh, get to the basket. And then he does a crossover and just pulls up like right 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 in the Right inside the line. Like you said, he pulled up jump shots, so it was really funny. You know, and um, I know what moment in the game that you guys want to talk about the most. <laughs> um, but Jokes. I feel like there was a play earlier in the game that's in the highlight video that we'll attach to this podcast. But there was a time where Jared Sullinger got the ball on the block and tried to go up on Josh Harrelson. Yeah. And Harrelson Nelson stuffed him yep. and forced the jump ball, which went back to Kentucky. And I feel like that was the moment that we were like, hey, Josh we're Harrelson. in this. Harrelson come to no, play. We, we've come to play today. He I did. remember looking at Adam, and I was like, Harrelson doesn't usually do this. Like, I mean, like he does it sometimes, but this is Jared Sollinger he's doing against today. He's ready. Like, we're ready for this. It was like it was like 
It was like Josh Harrelson said in pregame was like, just watch videos of people going, Jared Solinger's the better guy. Jared Solinger's the better guy. He's the best player in the in the tournament. Josh, Josh Harrelson just, I can just see Harrelson getting like madder and madder, sitting in the bathroom stall, just waiting. The Hulk. Just waiting. The incredible Harrelson. <laughs> I can see him waiting in the stall going, I'm going to show Billy Gillespie. I'm going to show that guy. I'm going to show Solinger that he ain't nobody. But I feel like and Jerry Sollinger... They, they kick the stall door and he's in there like shooting up like Hulk gamma rays. He's like, I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but Jared Sollinger to this point had kind of intimidated people into just backing down. I mean, like yep. when, when he came at you, you just kind of got out of the way because he was too big. He was going to draw a foul on you. And, and Josh Harrelson held his ground and then stuffed it. So, but anyway, the game's going back and forth. Uh, there's, a, there's a particular play where the ball... Comes down, and Josh Harrelson has position to get the rebound, and he gets a little shove in the back from Jared Sollinger, and he takes two steps gracefully, doesn't go out of bounds because me, he's very let, close. Let me take it from here. Why? Let me take it from here. That was poetically. Brad's better. Brad's, Brad's version's better. I vote for Brad's. Let me take it for a second. So he is taking two steps towards the out of bounds. He, he takes a twist, grabs the ball. And does like, a pirouette. Does a, yeah, does a pirouette, poetically. Thank you, sir. And he turns around and just cocks the ball back and throws it like a baseball straight as Jared Solinger, right into his chest. He damn near broke his chest. He broke his chest and his dreams. <laughs> he didn't throw it like a baseball. Yes, he did. I yes, he like threw it like a baseball. Football. Broke his chest, but he did throw it pretty hard. I, I, I actually thought when I it happened, it, I bet his nipples were hard. I actually that. thought when it happened that somebody was going to get teed up. I thought oh, somebody yeah. was going to get. Te- I thought that they were going to call one on Josh for throwing it. I thought Jared was going to retaliate, but really Jared just kind of like backed down. Wasn't it like, like an odd like, moment because they were all like, it's like it's like all of the referees just like ate their whistle because they're like, what do we do? <laughs> what what what, what can we nobody, do? Nobody's but there was no faces. foul. He didn't touch him. He's like, uh, 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 okay. Then, out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. The thing was is that Josh wasn't like, "Hey, man, no, I'm, I'm sorry to hit you that hard." Josh was like, "Come on, let's go." I mean, <laughs> he was like mad. Terrence Jones yeah. was there, and he gave Terrence Jones a five. He's like, "Oh." He was like, because after the game, he talked about how he felt like he got shoved. He's like, "I got pushed in the back." You think Bob Knott's bad? You should wait till I get mad, man. I don't throw chairs. I throw the ball, and I will start throwing players. I start reaching into what the stands. Cla- what did Clark Kellogg children. say? He said he threw that with a little. Bit uh, uh, velocity. Velocity. <laughs> that ball had a little velocity. bit of velocity on it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Jim Nance and, and Clark Kellogg called that game. And let me just say that whenever Clark Kellogg and Jim Nance call your game, you pay attention. That's a big game. Yeah. And I really don't like either one of them, to be honest with you. But that's all. What, that's but at the end of the day, game. you're going to get some great commentary. It's going to be replayed in your mind over and over again. From Clark Kellogg. Yeah. Mainly Jim Nance. Maybe say something stupid. But You know anyway. who my two favorite animals star now? Speaking of that, I'll get off subject really quick. Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith. Yeah, they're pretty fun. I love those guys because Kenny Smith will it's not... too bad they mainly do NBA stuff. Uh, Jalen Rose. Kenny favorite. Smith will not say the word Duke. He always refers to them as the school from Durham. He won't ever call him Duke. He's North Carolina guy. Because he's a North Carolina guy. Anyway, uh, back to the game at hand. So um, I think Jay Williams and Jalen Rose are secretly Kentucky fans. Maybe. But anyway, back to the original topic here. Kentucky and Ohio State. Um, you know, one thing that I found interesting is that coming into the game, everybody <coughs> talked about John Diebler as a shooter, like he was a dead eye. Like from the free throw line, he was like over ninety percent. 
You know that in the first half he missed like two free throws. In the first half, and that was kind of it was kind of shocking because whenever he went to the free throw line during the season, it was like automatic. Mm-hmm. Like John Beaver, like he didn't leave him open from three point line because he made it every time. Um, but then also from the free throw line, he was lights out and he missed two, and it was kind of like, well, what's going on here? Like, is this some kind of you know Newark magic? It's Jay Z in the building, you know? Maybe he's got some. Uh, <laughs> he's a man on the floor. Stop. Anyway, um, so anyway, the, we go into the half. We go into the half, and the score's tied. Uh, it's thirty to thirty, and we're kind of we're feeling better about ourselves at that point, right? We're feeling oh, like, absolutely, oh, yeah. We got, we got, we could come out, and we could play these guys. So Brandon Knight had a terrible first half. Like Aaron Kraft come in, he had a just, terrible game, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, he had Aaron Kraft flash. came in, and just, room, man. Aaron Kraft came in, Aaron Kraft came in and just shut him down. Like he couldn't do nothing. It was it was the it was the the DeAndre Liggins Josh Harrelson show, and Darius Miller was really the facilitator for the team. I think he ended the game with like four assists, and Brady and I didn't have any. Um, so really, it was like Darius Miller was trying to facilitate. Terrence Jones hit a couple threes, um, but really didn't do too much other than that, other than rebound a little bit. It was really just Josh Harrelson and DeAndre Liggins, and John Hood got a couple minutes. Shout out to Hoodie Hood. Ooh. And Deron Lamb. Deron Lamb had a couple Deron, threes, Deron Lamb had a pretty decent game. I think he ended up with eight right. points. Yeah, he didn't even have double figures. So. Nobody had double figures except for Besides, Josh Harrelson and John yeah. Liggins. I mean, when we go into the half, we come out of the half, and right off the bat, Ohio State gets up to a four-point lead. They get up like 36-32. Um, so that was the biggest lead of the second half is when they got out to that. And it was kind of it was almost danger time, but not really. Uh, but then the rest of the game, again, is just back and forth. It was a grind. Huh. It was a grind. It yeah. really was. Uh, you know, for both teams, they were both fairly high-scoring teams. But I can't, I, can't, I can't remember a game that I've been more closer to the TV and more on the edge of my seat watching a game than that game. And even, like, the whole last year, I don't remember ever getting, like, that on the edge of my seat. The yeah, I agree with you on that, that one. Much, the only game that was that much on the edge of my seat last year was probably the Indiana game. Yeah, wait. I was in the national in the NCAA tournament. No, I was more on the I was more on edge at the first one. Well, that game was definitely on edge, and then Mm -hmm. so was the Mississippi State game at Mississippi State, where we got down by fourteen. I was at a local restaurant, so um, couldn't really literally be on the edge of my seat. But that game in the NCAA tournament, I remember we watched that here. Mm -hmm. That game against Indiana in the NCAA tournament, that was so up and down, back and forth. Both teams were making shots. Kentucky had a lead, but, I mean, it was always like that Indiana could come back if we stopped scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that's kind of what the second half was like. It was back and forth. Both teams defensively were playing extremely well. Yeah. But then the offensively, they were executing as well. So, I mean, they were getting shots. Um, but anyway, Kentucky makes some shots down towards the end. Brandon Knight finally hits a three, puts us up by three, um, like 57 to 54 or something like that. Um, and then we actually took a uh, a three point lead down into the last seconds. Yep. We were up by we were up by three with uh, about a minute to go. I, th- I want to say DeAndre Liggins hit a shot. Yeah, you hit um, a two pointer. Hit a two pointer to put us up by three. And I remember thinking at that point that, all right, we're going to do this. I was like, we are going to do this. We're going to shut down. We're not going to allow any threes. And then we're going to salt this game away at the free throw line with Brandon Knight and, Don- and Deron Lamb hitting free throws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then and then something happened. Uh, something crazy happened, as it always um, happens. As it it seems <laughs> to happen to Cal's teams, 
it, right? I don't because we he doesn't have a philosophy to foul because um, you know some refs just or some coaches just don't because you know if they hit a free throw and then miss another one, there's always a chance for offensive rebounding. You never know where it's going to go. Yeah, um, and then if they tip it out for another three, then you lose. <laughs> so um, you know we we were playing as tough defense as we could, but John Deber, yeah, that we're talking about, he missed right. free throws early in the game. He redeemed himself for Ohio State with that last shot uh, with about 20-some seconds to go put and Ohio he, State. And he had people in his face, too. It wasn't like yeah. it was uncontested. I mean, Well, we he couldn't get open at first. No, he was holding the ball. John Deebler's in this crowd of people who can't get open. Then he yeah. gets the ball, and like usually if you made him put it on the ground, if you made him dribble the ball last year, then he wasn't going to shoot it. It's right. probably going to somebody He's else. He's going to just catch and just shoot he took He took one dribble to the right, took one dribble to the left, and I don't remember who was guarding him. Uh, I want to say it was Lamb. You about Liggins? Lamb or Liggins? But I don't think it was Liggins. No, you're talking about Liggins. Uh... Was Liggins guarding Diebler when he hit the shot? No, Knight was at top. Knight was Knight at and top. Liggins were at top, I think. Okay. I so, a couple of guys around. It doesn't really matter. They're, he was guarding by somebody, and it doesn't matter because he made the shot. Yeah, he made and it. it was pretty deep. It, it was a good like, shot, too. It was a very good shot. I think it was like nothing but net. But, right. um, you know, John Diebler makes the shot, redeems himself for missing the two free throws earlier in the game that he missed. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a tie ball game. And you're like, oh, man, this is going to overtime. I've seen this before. Kentucky finds some way to lose this game because they had done it all season in the SEC mm-hmm. on the road. And we just thought, you know, Ohio State will lock us down. We'll find some way to, to blow this game in overtime. Yeah. So, uh, Brandon Knight brings the ball before. 17 seconds no out. We didn't take a timeout. We did not take a timeout. We had one. Jim Nance mm-hmm. was cleverly pointed out that we had we had a timeout. But yep. Coach Cal doesn't believe in calling timeouts in these situations. He's like Tubby Smith. Don't believe in what that do you either. practice all year for? I mean, if you don't know what yep. what's right, what you're running. I don't like taking timeouts when you're tied anyway. I don't like taking timeouts when you got the ball. And you're t- um, well, I mean, I'm saying you're tied. Like, yeah. okay, big deal if you miss it. You need to you need to take a shot. Your team should know to take a shot with enough. With with enough less seconds on the clock. I'll be honest with you guys though. This next this thirty seconds was like the most heart throbbing thirty seconds of any season that I've ever been a part of. Because there are no timeouts that were taken. Mm-hmm. It was just straight through. John Dealer makes a shot. The ball's inbounded, and then you just play it all the way through the end of the game yeah, without any stoppages. Uh, and oh, Ohio State and I have no timeouts. They had a timeout. They didn't take it. Yeah. Because. Wow. They got a pretty good look, really. But anyway, back to what happened. Um, Brandon Knight gets the ball. And to be honest with you, I thought the ball was going to go to someone else. Um, I mean, I felt like Brandon Knight should be the one to take the shot, but he had struggled so much in the game. I mean, he just couldn't shake Aaron Kraft for anything. Um, DeAndre Liggins had a really hot hand. Uh, Jerron Lamb was making threes when he was open. I felt like if the game came down to it, I felt like somebody was going to get a pass from Brandon Knight. And they were going to have to score because Brandon was just so off. I thought that going into the shot, I agree. And it really, this when he pulled up, it was kind of a surprise. Um, like, no, 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 no. I felt no, like no, he no, went. No. I felt like uh, I'll be honest. I felt like he went too fast because we had the ball. It was a tie game. We had the last shot. Is what I felt like when he first brought it across the half court. I thought we we're going to we're going to take the time down all the way till there's no time left, and then whether we make it or not, you know, we'll take the game to overtime. We won't give Ohio State the ball back. But I mean, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. You know, I also thought when he when he actually started his move, I thought he would do. I, I think against Princeton, he uh, he took it all the way down the lane. If I'm not mistaken, is that right, Brad? 
against yeah, Princeton. Yeah, he took it all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he banked it in. Right. Um, so that's kind of what I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to try to get Aaron Kraft on his left shoulder and then try to hit that rudder again. Or get a foul. And when he pulled up, I'll be honest, I thought it was a bad shot. When, it, when he first pulled up, I mean, obviously when he first, obviously it wasn't a bad <laughs> shot. When he first pulled up, I was like, what are you doing? Like, no, 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 Especially no, no, with no, like no. seven seconds left because they could get the rebound and bring it down yeah. if he missed it. So it's like, oh, crap. And then, of course, you know, the ball's in the air and we're all, yeah, waiting in bated breath. Time just stops. It's like, you know, in slow motion on my screen, just watching, I'm watching the ball. It's like a, me and Adam are sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ball goes through the net. Nothing but net. And it was like, oh my gosh. Jubilation. It was like hush jubilation. It was like excited, but there wasn't any stoppage. Yes. So the ball goes in. Immediately, the ball is coming back down the floor. So there's like no time to start running around your house yet. No. Because Ohio State's got the ball. And the ball gets to William Buford on the wing. And he gets a clean look at three, and he shoots it. And I'll be honest with you guys. I thought it was When bottom. he shot it, I thought it was in. I was like, I oh, thought crap. we were going to lose on the last second three-pointer. And I couldn't imagine a worse way to go out in the game because we had played so hard. We had played so well. Um, you know, it, I, th- I felt like it would have been worse than like a 20-point drumming because we had played so hard and we were so close. And when he shot it, if you, especially if you look at the replay on the video, it looks like it's going in. It looks like it's right on line. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I mean, bottom. And I'm like this. I'm holding my head. I'm sitting there just <laughs> quiet as I can be. Just I'm, glad like, you, I'm glad you explained that because I knew people, a podcast out, listeners couldn't see that. There's a freaked True. out look on my face like, oh my gosh. <laughs> kind of like that. But then when the ball hits the iron and bounces off, I ran around the cabin like six times just screaming at the top of my lungs because I couldn't believe that we did. I agree. When, the, when it happened... I was running. I think we were chest bumping. We were fist pumping. We were high five. We were high fiving. I'm pretty sure I did like a dive across my floor. You did. You and got I got carpet, carpet burned. burned. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> I, I was. I was. I swear. Like I said earlier, I don't know if I've ever been more on my on the edge of my seat. And the sad thing was, I think I was two inches from my TV. Well, we like, have, I was literally like watching, like up, like standing well, next. We to We had the like TV. six or seven people at the same position, but they're all standing around. When nobody, nobody was like, and nobody was sitting. Standing. The last three seconds, we're all standing. Jake might have watching. been the only person sitting. No, I was standing because when he made the shot, I went suck on this a one time. <laughs> I mean, it was epic. It was like fun. Uh, Even I was pulling for UK. In that only thing I can, only thing I can say is I'm. I'm glad that my neighbors were uh, Kentucky fans because they might have been woke Ooh. up that night. Were they all celebrating too? I don't know. I, don't, but we I know they're. I know they were Kentucky fans, so I'm sure they didn't care. <laughs> I just remember. I don't think I've ever had as much fun watching a game outside of the national championship game last year, the Final Four game, as I had during that game because there was so much emotion on the line, and I, mm-hmm. and I was in a position where I could scream as loud as I wanted the whole game. So it was like I was just laying. It was like I was going through the game with them. I mean, I was tired. I was sweaty. I, would, I was so happy. It was an epically long game, but fun game to watch. It was, and you know it, that kind of that kind of fueled the rest of the, the next game because I felt like I felt but like wait, but you know what it felt like winning that game. It literally felt like we won a Final Four game. Like, yeah. it, like that's what it felt like. Mm. Like it felt like we went through so, and that's what I say about the actual Louisville Duke game that just got played like in the Elite Eight. I, I actually think that was like this should have been like a national championship 
game. It was the national championship. In, in actuality, it could have been this year if Duke could have been in the bracket. Yeah. I felt like that game, like, at that point, we started feeling like we could win it all then. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't any more talk of, of Sweet 16 because you had North Carolina coming up. And Coach they, Cal, they up beat to us, that though. point, they had beat us. But up to that point, Coach Cal had never lost twice to the same coach in one year. Kentucky hardly ever loses twice the same team or coach in the same year. Yeah, at that at that point, Cal had never lost twice to the same coach in one year in his history of coaching. His entire coaching career, he had never done it. Did he not lose to Rick Pitino? No, because that UMass beat him earlier in that year, yeah. didn't they? Because UMass had actually beat UK in '96. Yeah, before the Final the Four game. Um, which that's actually one game that we wanted to talk about was the '96 Final Four game because uh, it was. Uh, it was an epic game. You're talking about the last game, game, for the, four game, game for the future. Also. Game that for game is a game that people forget. Like, people don't remember. Stanford, I'm, yeah, I'm not even a UK fan, and I'm just like, you need to talk about that. Yeah, because that was the final. It was the that game went more into overtime. That had national championship game. That went into overtime, and we only won by one, but people always okay, think of the that's, Elite that's Eight for, game. That's anyway, that's um, this game, we had North Carolina next, and we were like, we'll beat them, because they'd only beat us by a couple points and Chapel Hill. This game was on a neutral floor. We were playing better. We thought, we'll get them. And then, you know, at that point, one seeds were dropping. I mean, Pittsburgh was already out. Duke was already out. So, it was really just Kansas. And we, no, no, we no. always looked at Kansas. Kansas, Kansas is already out. No, they hadn't lost yet. They lost in the Elite Eight. They lost VCU. the same? No. No, they lost to VCU in the Elite Eight. lost the Sweet 16 to VCU. Mm-hmm. No, they lost in the Elite Eight. Elite Eight. They just talked about this in the tournament this year. No. Sorry. Yeah. I thought it was like the second game they played. No. Yeah. So they had actually just—they had actually had a really easy road until that point. We were like, we could beat them, and then you know, Butler didn't scare us, VCU didn't scare us. We thought if we got UConn again, that we could handle them, because like I said, Coach Cal had never lost to the same coach twice in one season, and we felt like they were just Kimball Walker, like it was just Kimball Walker, and really that was it. It was just Kimball Walker, and really we actually thought yeah. that Arizona would beat them. To be honest with you, I thought Arizona. And was in actuality, you know, we we handled UNC. We we did we went through that game. We handled it. And that's another game that we could cover uh, sometime was the Elite Eight game against North Carolina because it was a really good game too. How about the '92 regional final? Well, we'll 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 cover some more games later on, but we're let's let's finish up with some rap from finishing thoughts on this game. Um, you know, I, th- I feel like that this game, like I said earlier, was the game that cemented Brandon Knight's legacy at Kentucky. I felt like up until this point, he kind of lived in John Wall's shadow. Uh, you know, everybody compared him to John Wall and how he didn't quite measure up to John Wall, although he's a better shooter, maybe a better scorer. Um, and I feel like this team put a stamp on Coach Cal's legacy as a Kentucky coach. Like, this team, like, he can do it with one-and-done players. Like mm-hmm. we all we all knew at this point who was coming in next year. I mean, we all that's part of the reason why we kind of resigned ourselves to lose to Ohio State because we knew who was coming in. Like Anthony Davis, Michael K. Gilchrist, Kyle Wilcher. They all four signed. They had already fall. signed, uh, so we knew they were coming. We knew that we were going to have one of the best classes in the history of the game. Yeah, like well, they were actually signed in the um, fall. Like not all four of them yeah, signed. We didn't have any other recruits that we were after. We was done. We knew what we were getting. <laughs> and uh, it was really just a, a matter of who was coming back. And at that point, we actually thought Brandon Knott was coming back. We actually thought pretty much everybody was coming back. We thought Terrence Jones would be gone. Yeah. And we yeah, thought, everybody, we thought Brandon Knott yeah. would be back. Um, there was actually some hope that Enos Cantor might come back and try to do, try to get you know a year of eligibility. We um, actually thought – Because he said he would, but obviously – We know, actually thought everybody was gone except um, except Harrelson, which we had to, had to leave. Yeah, Harrelson we didn't, – we didn't think Liggins was going to leave. Yeah. 
Uh, we didn't know that he was going to leave, so we thought we were going to get Liggins, Miller. Liggins and Miller would be our seniors. We thought we, Knott we, would be back. We, we thought, thought Lamb would be, would be back. We thought we were going to be really – well, obviously, we were Lamb. loaded. Yeah. Um, but we thought we'd be imagine, more loaded. Imagine that 2012 team if Liggins and Miller had come back and then Knight had come back. Oh, what my if, What if Brandon Knight's shot hadn't gone in? Do you think maybe that would have swayed his decision? Ah. OMG, what would have happened if those two could have come back? Liggins and Knight. We might not have. We not. We might we probably not have lost. lost. We might not have lost the game. It's kind of. It's kind of like what I say about the two thousand nine. It's like if you were struggling shooting, let's just put in. Let's just put in like Knight or Lamb or somebody. Oh, we can't get. We can't I get mean, this Knight guy. To, probably started. It's like, it's like oh, this guy's. This guy's killing us. Let's put in defensive stopper. Let's put in yeah, Liggins. It's kind of like what I say about the oh nine team. MKG Jody Meeks. Liggins and MKG on the they same team. Would have been scary. Jeez, you couldn't do anything yeah. on the outside. Liggins Ever. and MKG on the same team would have been scary. Yeah, it's kind of like what I say about the oh nine ten team. If Jody Meeks had come back, I mean, just imagine that because that team lacked a sharpshooter. If they had Jody Meeks, what would happen? We only lost two games in the regular season. Just yeah, I mean, we only had. I mean, the only reason we lost West Virginia because we couldn't make a shot at we all. We could not make a no, single shot. Not. And if you had Jody Meeks to that squad, you know he would have at least made ten points. They wouldn't have been able. We would have made only lost by like four, didn't we? Or four or eight or something. We would have been able to spend the floor a little more. No, we lost by more than that. It was pretty bad because we lost we, by 12, we, 13? we kind of got down because we couldn't make any shots, but. Anyway, final thoughts on the Ohio State-Kentucky game. I think I think the, this Ohio State game propelled us just instantly past UNC. Whether they were good, whether they could handle us, whether they couldn't, I think it instantly propelled us past us. Um, it was you know it was a game that was two days later. We were still riding high on that momentum that we had from winning against Ohio State. And I think that instantly propelled us against UNC. Um, I think in hindsight, though, after the UNC game, we had, what, four days off, five days off, whatever it was, till the next game, the Final Four game. I think we had so much time to think about playing UConn. I so wish we would have played somebody else other than UConn. I think we yeah. could have won. I think part of the problem in that game was it was played in Reliance Stadium, which is a football stadium. It was not really made for basketball, and yeah. everybody struggled to shoot in that stadium, and we especially. It was only like a 50-something to 50-something game, right, at the yeah. end of well, it might have been even in the forties. I don't know. It was barely over fifty. The national championship game was even worse yeah. in yeah. terms of shooting. It was epically horrible to shoot. Sight lines were terrible. I, th- I, I uh, think. I think if we'd have played somebody else, if or we had played in a basketball stadium, some... I think we could have won because we would have shot better. Kimba went off though. I mean, he did, but and then so did Alex. Alex he didn't Lariaki. really go off as much in that game as he did the first game. I don't think, but. I think one major takeaway that I had from this game also was that this game kind of also helped establish Coach Cal as a good bench coach. People, you know, up to this point were kind of questioning his ability to really coach in game situations. Mm-hmm. People will always say, well, he just recruits the best players. And, you know, you look at him in these close games and he doesn't have the great record that he normally would have, uh, that normal great coaches would have. And this game kind of submitted his legacy of, hey, we can get past that not having as good talent. I mean, Ohio State was the more talented team. Just to put it up. For yeah, sure. I mean, like, they had top to bottom. They were more talent, more complete team. Kentucky had really good individual talent. Uh, you know, obviously, Brandon Knight was really good. At, I mean, at the, like you're saying, at the end of the day, Coach Cal coached a team that had less talent to win in the last seconds of a game. Of a big game. Of a big game, game. I didn't really feel like Ohio State played that bad. 
No, no team did. Jared, but people people rip on Jared Sullinger they for did. that game. Jared Sullinger had a play huge the, game. He did. He I mean, people what? want to talk about like how Josh Harrelson got the best. He of actually had more. Did he have a better stats than uh, he George? Had, he had twenty one points and sixteen rebounds. Yeah, he had way better stats. He had a beast game. Yeah. And people always talk about Josh Harrelson. This I mean, Josh Harrelson had a good day, seventeen and ten mm-hmm. for Josh Harrelson standards. That's amazing. Yeah, but. Jared Sullinger was on another level that night. Even I think the only thing that you can take away from the chest, the only thing you can take away from Ohio State was besides um, the guy that you said shot pretty good. Which one was John Dabler? Yeah, he shot pretty good. Right? As far as percentage, the only on three, thing that you could take away from Ohio State, the other two guys didn't shoot as well. Buford and Light. Buford. Buford had a bad night. He was two for sixteen for the night. Ooh. So he obviously didn't have as good a night as some of the other guys. He had nine points, and he was the guy who took the last shot. Um, but I, I go back. Go, you know, this goes back to the last, the last three teams that are like, all the teams that Coach Cow's had is their length. I think <laughs> length is you know a big deal at Kentucky because we can bother those three point shooters. Um, that's exactly what I said against um, Florida this year. Was our length can bother them from shooting? Um, you know, obviously Liggins has length. Darius Miller has length. Um, Harrelson had length. Terrence Jones has length. Terrence Jones had length. Those guys can bother three-point shooters, and I think that's what helped. Well, they really got Buford. I want to say that Lincoln spent most of his time on Buford because Buford struggled so bad. But um, John Diebler got plenty of good looks, and he made most of them. I mean, he was – but Jared Sullinger, like I said, you know, I feel like we need to put to rest how Josh Harrelson got the best of, of Jared Sullinger because although Harrelson got his licks in – Sullinger was just on another level that night. I mean, I think, I they think, didn't lose because of Josh or because of of uh, Jared Sullinger. Yeah, no, they I did. Agree. I mean, I think I think Josh Harrelson just got the better of Jared Sullinger, Jared, uh, Jared Sullinger in certain situations that were the bigger part of the game. Yeah. But our final takeaways: Cal is cemented. Cal is a good bench coach. Cemented Brandon Knight's legacy as a as a baller, as a killer. Is the guy that you want to take in the last shot. You know, I think something we've not mentioned actually at all before you say that is this propelled us for next year because Coach Cal had not like, had won the whole thing yet. He never won a title. And I think getting to the Final Four and having guys who had actually gone to a Final Four That's was a, a big part was a big yeah. part of getting the guys that to those point. Having Terrence Jones, Darius Miller, and Deron Lamb right. all be in the Final Four and experience that really helped us the next year when we got I mean, there. like Terrence Jones, yeah. he had a chance to go to the NBA, and he's, he chose not to. With Ron Lamb and, uh, you know, Darius Miller had come back anyway. Um, they said, we want to win a title, and they, what the hell they do? They did it. That's right. So, uh, anybody else want to give any kind of final thoughts uh, before we wrap this podcast up in terms of just the game? You know, it was an awesome game. Probably one of my favorites that I've ever watched all the way through. I mean, yeah. there were games that – earlier in the 90s that, you know, probably looking back were more of my favorite games, even though I didn't get to watch all of them through at the time. I think we had more emotionally invested in this game than most people probably want to think, though. It was kind of like it's kind of like it was our arrival again. Like, I know that the year before with John Wall, it kind of signaled, hey, we're back. We, we had never been a, a beat Ohio State in the NCAA tournament before that. Yeah, I don't even know how many times we played them before that. I don't I'll think it was very many, but we've just yeah. never beat them. I know that. Like a 62 title game. I don't remember. Sad if I know. Look that. it up real fast. How many times we played them? Well, I'll look it up after this. We're, we're I'm not sure. On, don't so. quote me on that. But anyway, um, 
for I mean, it was it was it was great. It was All a great around. game. Absolutely. Um, we're going to be doing some more of these. We'll uh, we'll take either the next poll option or we'll give a new poll um, after this to see what you guys want to listen to. Um, got several good options. We can talk about basketball. We can talk about football. I kind of, you know, guys, I, I, I want to get this off my chest. I kind of want to talk about the 92 game with Duke. I know that a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but I kind of feel like that game was the greatest game in the history of college basketball. And I feel like even as Kentucky fans – we should appreciate that, that we were a part of it. Oh, and that definitely. was kind of like, it, it kind of reemerged us on the on the national stage again. It, it helps that we have a big really after, we're back. after in words, probation. In the words of the great Coach K, nobody lost that game. I, I would like to agree with that. But <laughs> I don't think nobody did, man. I mean, in the long run, looking back at it now, it's hard to be mad about anything that happened, but I'm sure that back then I wouldn't have felt the same way. Um, after yeah, we, we can like add that. in comments, you know. From uh, we have we got plenty, plenty of commentary for that game, and I'd like to talk about it. And I'd like to get your thoughts. You can email us at kycast at gmail dot com. Um, I think once we have the next option, sorry, I didn't mean to hit the microphone. Once we have the next option, we should. If anybody has any questions about the game, they would like answered. We can do that too. Yeah, but um, this game to think about the game. Another game that I'm really fond of wanting to do is the '95 SEC tournament championship game. Um, because I feel like it was such an epic game with us in Arkansas. I think a, I think a football game that I want to do is the Kentucky LSU game. Um, either the one we were, where we beat the number one seed, or the game that we actually played LSU and lost in the last seconds. I don't want to do the I don't want to do the the, the, the Mardi Gras the, the Mardi Gras miracle or whatever. I do not want to do that game. Well, we can do the one where we played them as the number one team. That and, game uh, I can do. I watched that game all the way And uh, Braxton Kelly. Like 50 was it a seven overtime game? Was, really was it Braxton Kelly that made the stop? Or Wesley Woodyard? So. Braxton Kelly. That's what I thought. There are a few football games we could do. Um, definitely a lot of basketball The Georgia games. game. Mm-hmm. The Georgia, which... The Kentucky-Georgia game at Georgia, right? Well, the one that I wanted to do was the 06 game that got us to seven wins for the season. Um, the one against... Georgia. That's what I was talking about. It was at home, though. Oh, that's right. It was at home. Yeah. Um, we beat them at Georgia the, the year before or after the year at, after? We beat them in Georgia in 09 with Randall Cobb. <laughs> Cobb. Yeah, there's plenty of Randall Cobb. We, man, we should do a Randall if Cobb. We, have, if we, have Randall we Cobb, could do a Randall position. Cobb. We could do just a we Randall also Cobb do, podcast. We could also do the Kentucky football game against Louisville. Andre Wilson was the quarterback. That game we could definitely do because I have a lot of vivid memories about that game. It was epic. I just, you know, my vivid memory of Andre Woodson is pump fake deep throw. Like it's like either either it was either a pump fake or a um it was a defensive a, pump, it was a defensive a offsides where he would go boom and throw it deep and it was like touched out every time. I love. I don't want to get too off track, but before before that happened, there was actually a personal foul penalty. I don't know if everybody remembers, but there was a it was in the last minute of the game, and one of Kentucky's offensive linemen got called for a personal foul on the play right before that. Um, and backed him up 15 yards with, like, you know, 30, 40 seconds to go. And I remember being so mad. And then, like, the next snap come, like, immediately. And then, boom, down the sideline for a touchdown. It was crazy. But, anyway, so that's kind of what we're trying to do with the 8-9 to nine series. So just let us know what you guys want to listen to because we can find out if it's before, you know, 88. <laughs> there are plenty of games that I want to do. Like I said, the 92 game. Uh, the '93, uh, the '93. There's plenty of games in '93 that happened. Multiple 90, games in '96. The Mardi Gras miracle in '94, where we come back from from uh, 31 down to win against LSU. 
uh, 95 uh, SEC Tournament Championship game. 96 like games. 96. 98 games. Plenty of 96 yeah. games. Um, 98. 98 games. There's plenty of 98 games. There's 97 games. We I think we should do one from the mid-2000s. Michigan like, State, Kentucky, Elite Eight game, 2004. There was some big games in the mid-2000s, if I, don't remember, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. but we lost that game. <laughs> It don't matter um, if you lose or not. But the 03 Florida-Kentucky game when Florida come in to, to rank number one in the country. The Kentucky-Louisville game with Patrick Sparks. Yep. There's so many games that we can do. So we want to hear your guys' feedback. Uh, we'll cover as many of them as we can in this offseason. Um, but for uh, – if you're not following us on, on Twitter yet, follow us at KYCastStats. You can follow me on Twitter at KYCS underscore Brad. You can follow TJ on Twitter at KYCastStats underscore TJ. Um, and um, for Jake – Ken and TJ. Uh, we're going to sign off for now. Stay classy, Big Blue Nation. Let the haters hate. Peace. Suck on this at one time. Brad TJ. K. Y. Cat Stats. Yeah. <laughs>